And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to This Old Marketing, proudly brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for you-know-who business professionals. I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 412, 412, Friday, January 26th, 2024. And with me, as always, as he always is, is my colleague and a guy who's only slightly less annoyed than I am about Ken being nominated for an Oscar other than Margot or Greta. That's right, Mr. Joe Polizzi. <laughs> I have to first comment on you said 412. Like, Four, yeah, I'm totally wasting my you said we did 412 of these things. <laughs> I'm wasting my life away. That's exactly what I took from your reaction. Okay. Yeah. And we are we're we're doing, you know, that's 412 times that we've had the opportunity to talk to each other. That's Outside of the fact that yes, we've Maybe that's what I'm dozens of. of other people from around the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, are you yeah. Do you think that this is a big conspiracy like people are talking about that that Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were not nominated? No, it's not a conspiracy. It's it's just the perfect it's it, it's like. So people are missing the point, I think there's a lot of people who are sort of the, the so for those of you who don't know, Ken Ryan Gosling was nominated for a best supporting actor um, for Barbie. But Margot Robbie was not nominated for an Oscar, and nor was Greta Gerwig nominated as Best Director for the mm -hmm. movie. Um, so everybody's talking about the fact that this is literally the plot of Barbie. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's the, 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 the <laughs> it is, is patriarchy. It, you know what I mean? And so, but I think people are missing the point because there's a there's a backlash going on. It's going, look, you know there's no snubs in the Oscars. It's a voting thing and the Academy voted and basically, you know, it's about performances and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's missing the point because why it's exactly like the plot of Barbie isn't because there was a purposeful or a conspiracy snub that would actually be kind of, you know, off to the side. The, the it's, it's that the systemic idea is there that nobody even thought about it, right? That's the whole plot of Barbie is that it's not that the world was like consciously going, oh, it's a, you know, it's the patriarchy and that there's men and that they, that they actually get all these benefits. I mean, the, the funny, the, what's so funny about the movie is that when Barbie and Ken go into the quote unquote real world, they're surprised. They're the ones surprised because it's, and, and Ken, Brian Gosling's character is like, this is great. This is amazing, right? You know, this is that all these like, things I want to ride a horse. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just the world we live in. And that's the point is that it's this, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, the Academy. So you, you want to, yeah, so basically job. you want to come back and say, Margot, Greta, why are you surprised? Yeah, this is exactly. the world we live, that's it. live that's in. That's exactly it. Right. You were, it's, you just did this movie. Yes. That's why? It. Yeah, that's actually, exactly it's it. funny. you're like, of course, Slime. you did. of course, you got snubbed. Of yeah. course, everything is going to Oppenheimer because oh it's, it stars just a bunch of guys and they blow stuff up. If 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 Ryan Gosling doesn't come to the Oscars wearing that fur thing that he wore in the movie. Oh, I'll my very, God. I'll be or very maybe disappointed. I'm, I am Kenuff. Yeah, that would be, that would be a good one. As uh, well. It's just but it's the just fur, it's the yeah, it's thing. just silly. 
he did he uh, i'm assuming he had extra gym classes or fitness classes oh my god to well, get he's back a, in shape I mean, for that look he's a very handsome man he's he, there is there's no doubt about that handsome. he is yes he is he 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 makes me want to be a better man that's for sure so yeah, yeah. that's how i feel about ryan reynolds uh, well yeah, yeah him too because i i i look at ryan reynolds and what he's doing and i'm like i just haven't done enough with my life like why does my wife even <laughs> right. stay with me exactly when there are when there are other men out in the world that yeah. are doing this kind of stuff. like him yeah and that's it's, why if Ryan Reynolds ever did come along to Cleveland, Ohio and, and take a fancy to my wife, I would just step back. I would just, of course, back. of course I have lost. No, no. Yeah, no, you have. Yeah, you have, you, you have, and fairly and squarely. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, I would that's ask it. for first, I would ask for a picture with him mm -hmm. and then I would, yes. <laughs> so can I get a <laughs> I selfie say, before you, yeah, yeah, let's, before let's you run off with my wife? The fact yeah. That this is the exact moment in life where I've lost. Let's yes. document this. And then. It's good. It'll work out. Yeah, Anyways. indeed. Indeed. Anyways, uh, what do you think about uh, John Stewart coming uh, back to The Daily Show? I, you know, I mean, it, it was, you could almost, it was almost an audible cheer that went up across the country. Oh, my wasn't God, it? right? You know, it was. For, on both sides, by the way, I, I don't think this is a, a Republican Democrat issue. It's that we just want. Well, well you know, I mean. I think that I mean, of course, I think John leans more liberal. Yeah, you obvious. think a little, yeah. But yeah. he's never been afraid to go after both sides. No, no, of course not. No, he's uh, he's. I think he's, he's just a sane yeah. voice, in and and maybe doesn't have an agenda like some of the networks do. I a hundred percent. I mean, his you know his. You know, his, his his well, as he has said many times when he was interviewed while he was host, his only agenda is to be funny. Right. The the only agenda is to is to make people laugh and and and, you know, and maybe occasionally think about something. But it's he, he's just so good and so observant and so, you know, astute uh, in terms of his coverage. You know, he doesn't just make the joke. He makes the joke into something that is really insightful and and i think that's you know i mean it's look it's gonna be it, it makes me i, I mean I've, I've got it now on my record right i mean i'm going to watch it for watch sure it. i think a I lot mean, of i have will. not been watching daily show and and since noah uh, trevor noah left and and now I'm and i was surprised it. to find out that it was still on i really <laughs> did it yeah well didn't know. but that, that also but that's yeah. also uh because of the streaming wars where yes. I don't know what's on regular terrestrial television, if you will. I have no idea what Comedy Central is these days. I have no idea what the History Channel has on. Terrestrial I mean, that, television. <laughs> what else would you call it? I don't know. Whatever whatever I get with DirecTV, <laughs> if I had DirecTV. Yeah. Like, what are those listing of... Where's like do you still go to a like a, a show guide how do you Is get your how do guide? you get your tv signal do you get are you a cable subscriber still or did you uh, cut the we, cord we 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 cut the cord entirely and we okay. use hulu for only live sports like that's the like we'll get we start hulu in september so i can watch the browns game well i could get them over there and stuff but i like to watch espn as well sure yeah. so that during during football season and then uh once the super bowl's done we close it up. We close up shop for six months, and then I come back in September. That's it. Oh, that's interesting. And then we uh, basically we <clears throat> will use you know we watch Netflix or Max we get because we're AT and T subscribers. That comes for free. Yeah, right. But you that's don't it. you had you don't watch local news or anything like that. No, do they do that? 
Is that <laughs> do they do that? Is yes, that a thing? the local local cities still do local news. Yes, they do. I don't do local news. There are occasions where if we need to, we will hook up the rabbit ears. Yeah, and, and so you can still get that over the air. Yeah, nice. Like the nice. Willy Wonka thing and Mike TV. It's the you know what we've been, we've been enjoying pixels. the YouTube YouTube TV. YouTube and TV is what do you fantastic. get with that? You get anything you want, really. I mean, it's got on-demand movies. It's got series. Some of them obviously aren't on because they're exclusive to one network or the other, Netflix or Amazon, et cetera. But it's got movies and series. But most importantly, it's got local TV. It's got your local uh, your local networks. And so, for example, when during the playoffs, obviously uh, YouTube you know, had the direct, uh, not the old direct TV, but the Sunday ticket, right, where you could watch football. Mm-hmm. And I watch on, but now if the game is being broadcast nationally, normally you'd have to go in and turn on the TV to get that. But now I can, you know, I can get it. Uh, uh, get it on your phone? Yeah. I can, well, I can get it on my phone or my iPad or my computer just by going to YouTube TV. And yet, and it's, and it's really well organized because it sort of does a for you and it does a, you know, you can, you can, you can actually record things on YouTube TV, which is really nice. Like I can record a show. And then go back and watch it on demand. It's sort of it's like same, a Hulu does. Hulu does the same thing too. I mean, yeah, you can it record. You set your favorites, and then it always records your favorites all the way back. So I have the Browns, Cleveland Browns, set as favorites, and I can go back and watch. Yeah, every game, any game that I wanted to the whole year, nice. which is a thrill for me. <laughs> uh, so it's 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 very much. So you're getting you're basically getting the local. You're getting a local station on Hulu is or you're just getting the local broadcast of whatever is I'll get the local. Yeah, I'll get the whatever the local broadcast is. Gotcha. For they have the local they have the local stations. Yeah, Uh, I just don't watch it for that purpose. Okay. Yes, it's great that we shared our viewing habits. Yeah, there you go. Everybody with with, I'm sure the audience is curious about that. about whether So here's the before we get to news. Here's my question for you. Do you think that after the 2024 election, Jon Stewart stays on or is this just temporary? I think it'll depend on how it goes. And I, and I think it, I mean, I, and what I, what I mean by that is I, I, I think it depends on how the ratings are for the show. Cause he's a producer, remember as well. He's pretty, yeah. he's also now executive producer on the show. Um, yeah. I don't think he was before as well when he was a host, but he's anyway, he's, he's that's got the same thing. Role. Yeah. That's the same deal that Jim Harbaugh got for the Los Angeles. There Chargers. it is. He's an executive producer. There it is. Of, of the yeah. chargers. Yep. Um, he's, he, yeah, that's a, that's an incredible thing. But, um, yeah, so I think it depends on how it goes ratings wise, like business wise, um, and I think it depends on how honestly how the election turns out. Oh God, I don't even want to. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, I know, but I, I need know to go we're to another gonna, country. Yeah. Oh, I need to mention this one thing because okay, uh, it's really important, and maybe you saw it this morning. Yeah, uh, our closing keynote for uh, content. I did see Expo, this, Mr. B.J. Novak. There it from is, the Office Fame, uh, best-selling author. Amazing comedian. He was great in Vengeance as well. I mean, lots of really good stuff. So he's going to be our closing keynote. That's fantastic. Seventh in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, we were really excited to get him. Yeah, so it'll be, that's good stuff. So we'll all we'll all get to. And by the way, uh, you and I, it is official. By the, I haven't told you. I should oh. tell you right now. We are oh. doing a live this old marketing at Ooh. CEX. All right, as part of the opening reception. So we Rock don't know who the guest is going to be yet. But I think you and I are, are we going to do a guest? Are we gonna think, actually going to do a guest? I think that we are going to do a guest. This will be what the third is going to be. It's going to be a it's going to be an amazing thing. So and all you listeners, if you want to be part of this, 
please register. Oh, see, there you go. There, there it is. There it is. I, I knew there was a hook coming somewhere. Well, there's just, you know, it's funny. I, I received oh. multiple emails and then of course you received, you know, you received a <laughs> voicemail as well because you haven't been promoting your wonderful webinar. You have actually, I have been promoting today. a webinar. We get, look, we, so we're recording later today, the webinar. Uh, not recording it's live it'll be live today yeah. as we record what is this. it on again what's the what what's it on what, it's on hulu is it'll be on <laughs> <laughs> um what is the topic the top the topic is on ai of we were calling it, it getting ready yeah. to get ready for ai basically it's integrating actually pragmatic look at getting ai into your no you did uh, promote workflow. it and you have promoted, we did promote it, it, and you've the got a couple of hundred it. people coming to it but i would right. say that you do not leverage all your channels enough. Okay, we're just getting rolling here. It's just it's January. We're getting the email newsletter rocking and rolling again. That's going to go out next week. Our first edition of that for 2024. We have a new name for it. We have a new approach for it. And so for all of the who did and thank you, um, you know who you are, who emailed and said, "Hey, you didn't send me an email on this." I, I totally appreciate that, and I absolutely love you for missing it, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we haven't gotten that rolling yet. So we just, we used LinkedIn and uh, 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 some targeted emails, I would say, not to a list, or to, but just to target a few targeted emails. Yeah. We've got a couple of hundred people signed That's up. It's still for this pretty, thing. very impressive. Yeah. That, I mean, you you lightly marketed it and you got a couple hundred people signed yeah. up. Yeah. It's very, yeah. I'm telling you, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a good thing. LinkedIn is a good thing. It is, it is the best of all things, right? It, there it is. It is the, it is the only thing right now in many cases, right? So. All right, let's rock and roll. Uh, yeah, let's get into the news. And so we've got a great show. We're going to talk a little bit about Netflix and their earnings. Uh, we can talk a little bit about a lot of the earnings that are coming out literally this week, last week. But Netflix basically crushed it. Um, and we'll talk about streaming media and whether it's back. Um, it's brought sexy back. And then Sports Illustrated, which is the flip side of that. Um, there's going through a big saga there. And Joe and I will talk about what's going on with Sports Illustrated and whether it's going the way of pac-man um then we'll get into tiktok and instagram influencers creators and is it time for them to actually get a workers movement on right so is that a union is that just a group is that a power negotiation what's going on there and then if we've got time we'll talk about a little bit about geo media which maybe a company that you hadn't heard of but of course you've heard of many of their publications and they have hung out the for sale sign and we'll talk a little bit about how a media company and where, you know, things are in the early parts of 2024. Then we'll get to rants and raves, of course, where Joe will talk about Mr. Beast. What else is new? His favorite. Oh, come on. Boy crush, Mr. Beast. Yes, I do. He's going to talk about. I love me some Mr. Beast. <laughs> and then I, shockingly, probably just as much my boy crush, uh, Google's third party cookie deprecation. <laughs> and we'll talk about <laughs> how that's actually <laughs> happening. Um yeah, let's it's, it's going on. And so what I what I what I think about that. So yeah, a good show, a good show. Chock a block with marketing goodness is as, as I, love it. Marketing I love it. I love it. Goodness. Excellent. Okay. Let's jump into it. Do it. So first story is out of Wall Street, and it is going to come to us courtesy of Axios Media. And then uh, this is Netflix. Their stock price soars after adding more subscribers. Than expected. Netflix stock jumped more than 6% in after hours trading after Tuesday. That's two days ago, Tuesday, as we record this, after the company said it added 13 million net new streaming subscribers, wow. handily beating analyst expectations of 8 million. 
Better than expected subscriber growth last quarter suggests the streamer's efforts to retain users through cracking down on password sharing and offering a cheaper ad-supported tier are networking. Not sure you can make that conclusion, but okay. Uh, beating Wall Street expectations also suggest Netflix's price hikes introduced last quarter haven't impacted subscriber growth. That is a conclusion I think you can make. Anyway, the article goes on to talk a little bit about some of the big picture items um, and basically concluding that Netflix is still the only major streaming company that is profitable. Uh, what do you think about this? And what does it say largely about the, I mean, it was this time last year when you and I were having conversations and the headlines were like streaming media is in trouble. It's dying. Mm -hmm. It's going to, it's going to go away. It's gonna, I mean, there was all these sort of doom and gloom headlines. And this seems to be like streaming media sort of waving out the middle finger to, 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 you know, to the world saying we're, we're stronger than ever. What do you think? I wouldn't say it's streaming media. I would say it's Netflix. Okay. And if I had yep. to look back on that conversation we had about a year ago, you're right. I would say that somebody smart at Netflix said, let's, let's start paying astronomical amounts for content. We'll see if these other streaming yeah. networks can try to keep up with us, which they can't, and we'll break them. Yeah. And they did. And basically every, everyone else is struggling except Netflix. And here they are. They're reaping the rewards. And they, you know, of course, they pulled back with their content investments, just like everyone else have, but they still spend billions and they've got the best agreements going. And maybe, yeah. so yes, the price hikes did not affect them at all. I think that you could say that that Netflix is almost a staple service in American households and and will yeah. and, and maybe global households. But the thing that's that, the key word. That's the, I think you just said the key word, which is global. They have a global strategy where we'll, the other ones it's don't. The really. theme on the show, we'll talk more about the idea yeah. of, of everything sort of going global. But you brought this up last week, and this is the thing that hit home outside of the results for me. You talked about the importance of event programming, and you're going to see like the Oscars, like NFL, their deal with the WWE yeah. for five years exclusively which I did not see coming because if you listen to any of the conference calls and looked at any of the stuff from Netflix before, they would say two things. They'd say, we're not getting into the ad supported model ever. And we're not going to do the event game. Yeah. Well, what did they do? They've shown that their ad supported models worked really well. And now they're starting to actually license events. That's and right. That WWE and that's only the first of many that are huge. coming for sure. Yeah. Yes. That WWE heel. I think it's, uh, five years at 10 billion or some, some crazy yeah. that only Netflix would probably come to maybe Apple, but Netflix comes to the table and do this. So I think that it's interesting. I, what I see happening, and this is my, again, a, an idiotic prediction, but I think in, let's go way out in three to five years. I think you have Netflix and you have Apple and then you have Amazon doing whatever the heck they want to do. But I think Amazon's not going away. Yeah. Amazon's I think, gonna, yeah. They're yeah. not going away. Absolutely. But strategically, for streaming, I think you're going to have Apple's going to play a key because of the fact that they're going to get into automobiles. Sure. They really they know that people that watch Apple TV are more likely to buy Apple products. That's huge content marketing play for them. And I it's think a different business model, Netflix right? One I mean, too. It is. Yeah, yeah. Is. Apple and Amazon are different in the sense that the business model behind why they do streaming is they don't have to be profitable. Basically, they don't they don't they don't need to be profitable. They just need to make sure that they're keeping that you know as a marketing program that it's keeping pace with what it's supposed to be doing which in apple's case is creating an ecosystem to buy more apple hardware mm -hmm. um and it's not lost on me that their you know their new headset just went out and sold a hundred and eighty thousand units i think it was hundred eighty thousand units which 
everybody was sort of reporting as, eh, that's not that, that's not that much. But when you do the math and you go 180,000 units Times at 3,500 3, yeah, $3, a piece, that's a real business, right? And again, the luxury know, market. Exactly. And so they're, they're fine. And Amazon, of course, continues with their, you know, their, you know, they're, they're tightening their belt for sure. We've reported on it on this show that they've tightened their belt, but for them, it's always about, you know, how many prime members can they get stayed, stay subscribed, subscribe to Amazon prime and how many new people come on board to Amazon because it's, it's a developer developing a deeper relationship with a retailer. So it's all about, for them, it's all about the relationship for Apple. It's all about the relationship and for Netflix, it's all about the profitability mm -hmm. and everybody else, you know, Max as part of Warner discovery and you've got Disney and that they're the ones that really have to figure, figure out what they're doing. Well, if you, yeah, look at, we are per our, opening conversation about people cutting the cord it, yeah that's in a right. lot of cases television to people tv is netflix so if you look at it that way and you put apple and amazon off to the side what do you have you have max hbo max and you got disney yep. over there and then yep. you got Par paramount and and peacock and all these other tertiary players they they don't have the quality or the numbers of t new titles every day right. you go to netflix they've got three four ten twenty new titles in there every day that's you right. will not find that on any other uh, of those streaming networks. So as people are going every day to see what's new, you just they're just not competing. It's yeah. not a fair fight. And 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 I would say, you know, so there was a concept in programming. This was big in the 90s, for sure, when terrestrial TV um, was still uh, really the driving force, you know, before the Internet and streaming really came along. And the way that you would program things is that you would, you know, you would create, you know, must see TV. And then if you had new series or new things that you wanted to get to be popular, you would put them adjacent to whatever it was that was super popular at the time. Mm -hmm. The classic example of this is, you know, when they launched Friends, they put it right adjacent to Seinfeld. And so that basically created a drafting effect for those, you know, for those shows. And so what Netflix is doing so brilliantly now is balancing their the old series that they license with the new content and now that they have this sort of influx of people um, that they can look at and audiences that they can look at they can draft those things right so for example the, the big thing right now the huge number one streaming show right now is suits which is the show from 2009 to you know it, i think yeah it's been around was, forever it's been around forever and never really hit when it was on terrestrial TV. Um, but <laughs> now that it's on Netflix is hugely popular. And so they can use that to draft into other new, you know, to launch new shows that are similar to launch new, uh, you know, to introduce new properties to people. So, and I think WWE is a great example of this event. Television brings the new audience. And let's be honest, this is directly targeted toward those who are going to support the ad model, right? Who, you know, the advertising model and those of that, that's going to bring in that audience and they can introduce new programming to that audience that, you know, that, that helps them. So it's just, it's just wonderful sort of flywheel effect that you get. That's going to help them, you know, help them. So I, in other words, I'm predicting a success for Netflix from this point out. Uh, yeah, that's a tough prediction to make. I think, <laughs> I think oh, it's, you're right. It's, it's a provocative. One. All right. Oh, so it's here's, provocative. 
to, to finish this off, here's the one yeah. thing I think will happen. I think that this whole live event thing is a big deal. And I think that you're going to see Disney be able to, um, if, if the deals are still working, be able to show some of the live news on their streaming platform. And then yeah. I think with Peacock sits up really well. They've got all those NBC affiliates that you can get Peacock and get your local news as well. That's just a small thing, but I think yeah. you're going to be starting to see more of that as less, fewer, fewer people are going to have access to, Oh, what's, Oh, where's my comedy central? Where's my MTV? Where's it? No, it's not. It's going to be the shows and the shows are going to be on Netflix, Peacock, Paramount, that type of thing. That's right. And, and just, just to th I'll, I'll quickly wrap this up, but basically the, the interesting thing from a marketing perspective is like, what can we learn as marketers here, which is, when you look at what Netflix is doing, we can apply the same thing to our programming of content as well, which is how do you take this great content library that you have, which might may include, you know, hit shows, hit pieces, things that really resonated before and start using events or event oriented programming to introduce people to those old classic pieces and bring people along, right? So you've got a new webinar on X. Of course, it's probably about... AI or something that you're doing, you know, with, you know, whatever topic is happening right now in your industry. And then you use that to introduce some classic ebook series that you had that you created last year or the year before. And so surfacing your old hits by using the event oriented new topics to bring those audiences to you can create a, a wonderful flywheel effect that you can, you can leverage yourself. Look at you getting the marketing advice in on a media go. There news topic. I am there impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and pay the bills because the bills. We, we're, our next one is good. Is is a really interesting story about Sports Illustrated? But before we get Ooh. to Sports Illustrated and the disaster uh, it is, uh, let's let's pay a, puck, a couple of bills here. All right. Let's do that. Your sales software should not be a bummer. When you step inside your CRM, you should feel equipped to do your best work. That's the magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. The new Sales Hub is designed to help you win. With an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools to reduce your workload, closing big deals is no big deal at all. Get AI-powered tools like ChatSpot that are tailor-made to help you automate steps across the sales pipeline so teams can take back their time and spend it on more impactful tasks. Close more deals and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. Want a great new podcast for 2024? Well, try Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, well, it features husband and wife team Al and Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your question about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Just like Joe and I, one of their recent episodes featured their predictions about what trends will dominate the 2024 workplace. You can follow Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we're back. Yeah. And well, so I you texted me over the week. And you yes. have listened to Upstairs at Eric's at this point. I did, yes. And I realized yes. the first song, I'm like, I know this. Of course you I do. I just never knew it by the album. I didn't know. Yeah. Who does yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did yes. you listen to the whole album? 
uh like six or seven songs i'll listen i'll okay. keep listening to it i have yeah to, you know, it's amazing i have album. to you know it's i i have album. to fit it in with my you know listening to hamilton or hey Town or some of my other you know favorite broadway shows it's very <laughs> very challenging by the way we saw mrs doubtfire over the weekend oh the, 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 I had broadway very, show. the, the broadway, broadway show, show not the movie yeah. broadway show yeah. i had very low expectations going in and i thought it was outstanding nice so, it was next weekend i'm going not this weekend but next weekend i'm going to see uh the la philharmonic and john williams is conducting and doing all doing all spielberg music no way yeah yeah. that that is i'm super excited about that yeah do you have like front row seats i got good seats uh my Mm. beautiful wife gave me great seats she's amazing um, yes the disney hall too i mean there's no there's not a bad seat in disney hall but um it's uh uh it's an amazing place to hear music so especially who, classical music who's the person so you two are together and somebody walks up to her and she leaves with that person who is that person oh like, is there a guy there, is there, there no there are many yeah, there, there are many there are many uh, uh kevin klein would be one of them no way uh, oh yeah oh yeah um uh primetime billy joel probably not billy joel these days but primetime billy joel she would have she would have uh do you know uh, billy joel has a new before. album coming out I, I i do know that i do yes. know that um i know that because of her actually years. yeah 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 Crazy. so uh probably kevin Cla- or or hugh jackman hugh jackman would be another one you know i would leave for hugh jackman as well it's amazing yeah yeah uh, she likes I, she she likes the big guys she likes she likes big tall well kevin right? klein is not yes he is oh he's a tall dude Oh, is he's he really? A t- yeah, he's, he's not a tall John dude. Cleese tall. He's, no, no, he's not. Uh, he's six three, six two. I had no. I would never. Yeah, he's a tall never guy. know that by. Yep, he's a tall because, guy. Probably because when I think of Kevin Klein, I think of the movie Dave, and he co-starred with Sigourney so Weaver, great. and Sigourney yeah. Weaver is tall, it's super tall as well. Yeah, she's so, very tall as well. Yeah, so I, yes. I, that's, yeah. that's yeah. By the way, I love that movie. I gotta go. I watched that again, Dave, Dave? especially with election season coming around. Oh, we yeah. really want to feel like we're into the voting process. Hey, the he's the one we all say hail to, <laughs> hail to the chief because he keeps himself so clean. He's got the power when he's in the shower, <laughs> and oh. then she walks in. I, yeah, I've seen that movie so many times. It's so oh great. god, yeah. that was that. That's a beautiful that one. An American yeah. president. I love yes. with Michael Douglas. So. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Let's go. get into it. So we're going to we're going to pair two stories together here uh, about this whole debacle going on at Sports Illustrated. Uh, the first one comes from Front Office Sports, and the headline is Sports Illustrated's publisher guts the staff. Future unclear. Uh, the Arena Group, which we actually covered on this show when the Arena Group purchased uh, Sports Illustrated, recently missed a three point seven five million dollar payment to SI's license holder Authentic leading Authentic to sever the deal. On Friday, Arena started laying off employees. And so staffers of Sports Illustrated were notified on Friday, this was last Friday, of massive layoffs, some immediately, others in short time, with potential for the entire staff to be gone in three months. Authentic, the licensing group that purchased Sports Illustrated for $110 million from Meredith five years ago, has terminated the agreement it holds with the Arena Group to publish SI in print and digital, according to an email obtained by Front Office Sports. That move comes three weeks after Arena missed a $3.75 million payment that breached the company's SI licensing deal that began in 2019. Um, the fallout basically is a bunch of people got laid off. Looks like the company's moving and, and taking a nosedive 
into yeah. the ground. And then we'll we'll pair this, and then I want to get your take because I know you have one on this. Um, comes from Axios, which basically said most of Sports Illustrated unionized staff were laid off on Friday after its parent company, the Arena Group, failed to make the payment that we just just talked about. Um, but basically. Uh, the big picture, as, as Axio says, is that the disagreement likely won't end Sports Illustrated's brand, but it does seriously destabilize the company following years of ownership transitions and more recent challenges. And then it goes on to talk about what might be going on between the lines and everything that, you know, sort of yep. uh, a little bit of, of hypothesis there. So what is your take? What do you what do you think about all this? I know this this is your world. I mean, this, you know, so you probably have some great insight here. Well, so many things. I mean. This is not just what happened with the Arena Group and Sports Illustrated, but when you see these brands hop from owner to owner, it comes down to the accountants. It just does. Yeah. And when you start, when there's private equity or VC involved, they just look at numbers. And the, the wonderful editors and the publishers that were involved in that, most of those were gone. I mean, if you remember, SI got into that problem of having the AI journalist and you do crazy things in order to make your, your numbers. And, uh, they were there. I don't think they think they lost the passion in that business. That's, that's just my, my initial take. The thing, the key thing to learn here is that sports illustrated should have been ESPN and they never got there because they diversified too late. Sure. So if we want to yeah. learn something from a media or marketing model. You build your base sports illustrated built their base around the sports fan better than anyone else, but they were very slow to diversify into other channels and ESPN yeah. ate their lunch. So this is why it's important if, you know, you have a podcast or you have a blog or you have a newsletter or an event series or whatever. You say, OK, well, great. We built our audience there. Then once you do that, then you have to take it to the next channel. What's our next thing we're going to do? And then all those things work to build in the group together and you have a really powerful content brand. And obviously we did that really well with Content Marketing Institute. We started with the blog and then we diversified into the research and then we've got the podcast and then we've got the event and then we got the magazine and all those things. But that's started with the base around the blog sports illustrated started that with uh, obviously their print magazine the last thing i would say in this remember grantland remember bill simmons grantland yeah for uh, sure site? oh yeah oh, and gosh. when that so so that went um out of business and i felt at that time grantland should have sold or somebody like a nike yeah, Adidas or a, yeah, a Under Armour should have bought that what an opportunity to build that to, to buy an audience and a great brand well, folks at Nike, Under Armour, Dick's Sporting Goods, I don't care. This is a bargain to get one of the best brands in sports that have ever been created and amazing database as well. So what What are they? They're yeah. spending right now $3.75 million quarterly for some licensing deal. Oh, my well, God. Well, that's, that's my question for you, um, being sort of an insider in this. To me, I, I look at that and I go, they're spending, let's just keep it simple four million bucks a quarter right yeah. so roughly 12 million dollars a year for licensing the brand why do you think there was and why doesn't authentic who owns that brand and is licensing it to arena group for you know them to use it on their publication why are they not going hey you know what we'll let's you know let's ease off right let's you know in other words what can you pay right now? I mean, because first of all, twelve million dollars. I mean, that sounds like like a lot of money to license Sports Illustrated's brand. I mean, that's all they get, right? Is they get the permission to use it for twelve million bucks a year? If you're going to get zero for it now, 
what you know what I mean? It's like, why would you not just have it be a go, you know, a going concern and 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 take okay, it's like, okay, let's strike a deal where we get 50 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar, yeah. whatever it is, right? You know what I mean? Some discounted figure until we figure this out. I don't know the details of the deal. I would say that there's there wasn't much of an option there if they're already, I mean, it sounds like they're sticking a fork in this thing entirely. So, they might actually be done. It might be zero or 3.75 and there's nothing in between. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, I don't know the deals of the licensing and, and how that works. But if I'm authentic, I'm packaging this thing up and I, I can it and sell the, the brand. Thing. Basically, you're just sell sell, the brand. You're not, yeah. Sell the brand, sell the whole yeah. thing and don't just license it out. And I think that, there well, you wonder if who owns that. what, right? You wonder who owns what, right? So arena group probably owns the content that's there. And then the subscriber base, database. the subscriber base and the infrastructure and all of that. Yeah. I don't know. And, and, and authentic owns the, the brand mark and the, and the brand of then the name, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, I, I'm not sure that a Nike or an Under Armour is, I mean, if all they can buy is either the content with no brand or the brand with no content, does it really make sense? No, I, it probably doesn't. But what, what I think that, I think what a lot of these media companies need to get over is they're looking at, they're trying to look at apples to apples, right? Oh, it's like, we've got, what's the subscriber worth? How much sponsorship do we get right. in? What's right. our multiple then from an EBITDA standpoint or a growth standpoint on our top line revenue, whatever it is. And really we want to get away from that. And we want to say, okay, let's stop selling to people that are like us. Let's sell to people that have billion dollar budgets. Let's right. change the whole equation. Because if you say, if you throw, uh, an opportunity like this in front of Nike, let's say, and the whole deal is valued at 100 million or 150 million. Right. Sure. That's, that's not one, that's a one big campaign. deal. Right. That's not a exactly. big deal for them. That's something very small to do. It's a good point. So, so that's where, you know, we talked about like when we sold um, uh, CEX or the Tilt or, you know, CMI maybe was a little bit different because we sold that to an event company. But today, let's say we had CMI, I think the number one people that are up to buying some would be our sponsors would be the HubSpot sure. the world would be the Salesforce, yep. the Adobe's of the world that would say, man, we would love to have an addressable audience and own an audience yep. like that. Sure. Yeah. So I think that that's where it has to change. And I think that whoever's doing this stuff is, is staying in their, um, you know, in their world of media that is deteriorating around them. And I think they need to move to the new model and where you have to go to where I did a speech yesterday for a bunch of content creators. And we were talking about, you know, you have to find what your content tilt is. You have to find your area of differentiation. I said, but more than that, if you're going to build an audience, is there money there? Right. Is there money to support this? If you're just, if you're going to, let's say you're building a site for, for runners and you're like, okay, I'm going to build a database of 10,000 runners. Well, is is that something you can even sell them some sell them something yeah. directly or get it sponsored? Or you need to look ahead of time before you do this. And same thing in a company. If you're going to start a content marketing initiative, you have to look at your goals and say, can if we if we do this and we build an audience, are we going to sell more products, more services? Are they going to be more loyal? Are we going to create higher yield? You know, what are we going to do? And you can you can actually move this conversation to something that's at a higher price point if you're are you, are you suggesting that owners. are you suggesting that that companies should have a strategy for I mean what 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 is this magical concoction <laughs> you speak of here's it's, see here's the thing and I I am I don't know if anybody from Nike or Under Armour are listening they but don't. if you they if don't. you okay <laughs> but if you grow if you grow up in publishing you have a buyer build scenario. 
you always buy first. Of course. And I learned this in publishing. You say, is somebody out there already doing it? I'm not going to build it organically, have it take a year, two years, three years. You, you already have this in place. I hope there is, or there are five or six executives from different co companies out there that target sports enthusiasts that would go up and say, wow, this is a huge opportunity. This is yeah. a wounded duck and we can get it at a discount. Yeah, hundred percent. And we'll talk. And, and the funny thing is, is we'll talk a little more about that maybe an earlier opportunity uh, in just a minute. Um, but for now, let's move on. Let's okay. move on to our next story here, which is coming to us courtesy of TechCrunch. Um, Although there, I, I have to say, there seems to be a number of outlets kind of reporting on this now. This idea of the creator economy and and is it ready for uh, some kind of movement or organization? So the headline here from TechCrunch is the creator economy is ready for a workers movement. TikTok and Instagram are making so much money and they're not sharing that with creators. The article opens up by uh, telling a little bit of a story to say Aaron McGough. Do you know Aaron McGough? I do not. I'm not okay. familiar. Erin McGough has 3 million followers on social media, but with the money she gets from Instagram and TikTok, she wouldn't be able to pay for the plate of mozzarella sticks we're sharing in a Baltimore bar. <laughs> oh, my God. Bright, Bryce. 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 Bryce is the writer of this article. Bryce. Is Bryce a real person? Um, oh, of course Bryce is a real person and, okay. and is very proud of that lead-in. Um, By okay. the way, mozzarella sticks, there's not a finer meal. There really is mozzarella I mean, sticks in about 30 different states. This is this is when this is when the, the reporter calls you up and said, hey, I want to write a story about you. Can we meet at the TGI Fridays? <laughs> we'll get some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> and you go like, to Applebee's. Really? Yeah, we'll go to Applebee's. I'm going to take you to Applebee's. Olive Garden. Um, OK, anyway, uh, on Instagram, says Aaron, I'll have a video hit 900,000 views and make six dollars. It's insulting. Really? Okay, I have so many problems with this. Anyway, like oh. most content creators, McGough makes her living from brand deals, sponsorships, and subscription products rather than from the platforms themselves. But the reality is emblematic of the conundrum creators find themselves in. They're propelling social platforms to new heights, but those same platforms can betray them at any second with one small algorithm change or unfounded suspension. <laughs> God, <laughs> creators deal with the same stresses of any self-employed business owner, but at the same time, they're wholly dependent on the whims of massive social platforms. This goes on to, you know, I mean, you know, something, something, something rented land. But then yes. um, basically the interesting thing is, is that the article goes on to talk about perhaps it's time for some sort of creator union or workers movement or something along the lines where these creators would get organized and have some sort of, uh, I guess, massive negotiating power or group negotiating power, like a SAG after or something like that. Anyway, I've totally got a take on this, but I would love to get yours first because this is where you live and breathe every day. Um, I am. I have a differing opinion from a lot of the people in the creator economy, and I think that this is a bunch of poppycock. <laughs> but I would. The the platforms don't owe content creators anything. Nothing. They owe them nothing. They owe them yes. absolutely zero. These are private companies. They can do whatever they want. If they feel it's in their best interest to like a YouTube or a TikTok to give creator payments, then yeah. fine. They can do that, or they could not do it. TikTok doesn't need to do it. Either way, they just do it because it's good press for them. Oh, that's really all. They, it's 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 chump change for them to do anything right. like that. 
Uh, if you are a content creator, a content entrepreneur, a content marketer, whatever, you should be using these channels to build your own audience. And you should probably do it to move it from these social platforms to something around an email address so that you can have some control over your data. Done. Yes. Then yes. build your business model. However you build your business model, you have your own audience and okay, great. I'm, I'm selling more products. I'm selling more services. I'm, I'm, I've got sponsor deals going on. I'm doing events. I'm doing affiliate programs, whatever your business model is. That's outside of the platform you have. Right. As Aaron did clearly can. as Aaron has, by yes. the way, this, you know, this, this, the, the, the person that is featured that's, in this article. That's what I don't get. Aaron yeah. is complaining. I don't want to say Aaron's done a great job. Congratulations, Aaron. But Aaron, right. you don't complain about Instagram paying you $6 off of this thing when you're, you built your business model into a multi-million dollar model off of the other stuff that you're doing because Instagram, exactly. their algorithm is exposing your content to your customers. That's right. So that's right. I, I would never, ever want to, the whole talk about the union and the, the whole thing. And it was the vlog brothers. Uh, I forgot who they were mentioned at the end of this article. Oh, Hank, Hank Green. Um, Hank and Tom Green, I think they've been talking about this for a while. I, I love Hank Green, by the way, one of the best novelists out there in for science oh, fiction, yeah. in my opinion. But uh, I do not agree with, with anything structured, any kind of union around this. Uh, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why well, the platforms don't owe creators anything? They don't. They don't. So, they never have. Get over they it. Never have. If you don't like what a platform is doing, go somewhere else. Exactly. Or get or reap your reap your rewards, reap, reap your your audience attention and move them to someplace else where you can monetize. That's right. That's right. That's right. Not that I that's mean, easy, but you they can only they would only owe you something if you know my question back to those creators that that feel like they the the platforms owe them something is, you know. Okay, so you're a, a percentage of your revenue that you're getting from those sponsors. Are you are you, are you paying that back to TikTok? That's great. Like, are you paying point. that back to no. Instagram as a royalty for the distribution? I mean, no, of course not. But I mean, such a yeah. great point. I'd love to see, not necessarily TikTok, because I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their plans are. But let's say Meta. Maybe they just can't afford the bad press, but they can come out and say with Instagram and Facebook, all we're going to do is we're going to take that and just make a better platform so that you can get more findability. You can build more audience. You can do whatever you want with that audience as if yeah. we're not paying you directly. We're just not. We're going to put it all back into I, investing in and or, or right. buying and I, you know, and by the way, a new car. I don't, you know, I, I certainly don't, uh, you know, because you look at what YouTube is doing in monetization. You look at what, X is currently doing, you know, trying to attract people, right? There was a story this week that we could have covered about. I know you're going to talk about Mr. Beast, but Mr. Beast, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of press this last week about Mr. Beast getting money or fair or, or X, right? like, you know, or optimized, you know, feeds in X because Elon apparently wants Mr. Beast to really put a lot of his content on X. And he said, you know, he made like $230,000 off of a of a of a of a you know of a film or a video that he shot yeah. for um you know for x but you know so if they decide they're going to monetize like if the youtubes and the x's and the instagrams or whatever of the world are going to have some sort of you know revenue idea that you can make money you can monetize it then the answer is well okay as long as they don't change the rules on you. In other words, the, the point being like the, the, where you can, I can see an argument to be made is if you go, I'm going to give you the, the agreement is going to be X, right? The agreement is going to be Y. 
and we're going to pay you this much money for this. And then they, and then at some point they change those rules, right? It's, you know, it's the sort of Darth Vader pray that I don't choose uh, change them again. So there I can see a complaint, right? Because then you sort of invest based on a, a, a promise that is made or a deal that is struck. And then they change the rules on you perhaps unfairly. And I can absolutely see, you know, that being, there being a, a valid complaint there, but to say that they owe them something at all is sort of, it's just not. It's, but here's it's, the it's thing, what the you case. just said about social media companies changing the rules, that's all they ever do. Well, they, they have always, to. they change right, the rules and they change it from the beginning and still they don't owe anything to the creators. Am I right? That's so, I, I could do I, whatever they want. Like, of course they can. And, and I talked, I, I, I was at this conference and there was one pretty prolific YouTuber that talked about the time when YouTube just flagged their account for whatever reason, lost the account and never got it back. And it was like 150,000 subscribers. It was something yeah. significant. Yeah. And they're all like, and he's like, yeah, it was terrible and it still hurts, but I can't do anything about it because it's YouTube. Yeah, they can they do, do what whatever they want. they want. They can block you. Me, right. X can do it. Instagram can do it. You, you have no control. And that's why when I got up on stage and I was talking about this, I said, you should wake up every day thinking that there's no future in any of your social media channels. That's right. If you get something that day with social media, great. That's awesome. But it's hard to have a long-term strategy when those rules are going to change at any moment. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and by the way, the platforms are not having these hand wringing meetings where they're going, "Ooh, should we or shouldn't we?" The, this is Tuesday for them, right? <laughs> it's know? just a random Tuesday. You know, they're just basically <laughs> saying, you know, this is gonna this is gonna make people mad, but the, you're you're not the market. You know, you as the creator, you're not the target market. There will be someone to fill your void when you you know if you disappear. So. I don't understand why. I mean, I see it all the time and I see articles and I see the media kind of pandering to these people where, oh, my God, that they, they owe creators something. I don't know when that happened. Yeah, like that is like, you know, wah, wah. like <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Go create a business model that makes sense. And don't exactly. just say, hey, I'm going to create videos and I'm going to pay them for my videos. Right. No, you're not. You're yeah. Not. That's a well, you might, model. but don't be sad when it goes away, right? Because well, you know, even if if the, barrier, e if the barrier to entry is doesn't exist, guess what? The barrier to exit doesn't exist either. But I, I think too, if you if you had a company like a YouTube that had a good creator payment program, compensation program, I think it fuels more horrible content because you're paying by views and watch time. Totally. And when that happens, you start to create some really freaky stuff. That's right. Because you're like, oh, what can get? What's the what's the gotcha thing? What's the reaction video? What's this thing? Oh. And when you and when you don't focus on views and you focus on quality of audience and quality of watch time and really important things in my demographics, am I hitting my audience? Am I answering their questions? It doesn't matter the amount of people. It do matters the who. The, do you get the thing in your? So I have just I've I have so noticed what you're talking about, especially on Facebook right now. Do you get the thing? So I'm I'm a member of a uh, of so for I mean shocking to everyone I know I follow the Dallas Cowboys page on on Facebook, I'm and shocked. because of that, I get every single garbage group or page in my feed of the most you know shocking gotcha stupid headlines yeah. that are you know and and I just and there's no way to stop it by the way all you can do is snooze it. You can't like say, I never want to see this again. You can only say snooze this, snooze this, snooze this. And it's just, it's so bothersome. 
that this garbage content gets into your feed and it's like it's just it, it makes you have to actively manage it every it, single day that's it's right annoying. and the, the the problem that i have with the out because i've been i've been testing out especially on on facebook and testing out the reels and the algorithm that works with it, it's it's so biased to recency yeah so i was checking something i saw i was flipping through and i got a lot of comedy i love a stand-up comedy yeah so i got here. a lot of comedians in my feed and i'm like okay bernie mac love bernie mac yeah. So I'm like, let me see if I stay on this Bernie Mac the whole time. It was like a 10, 10 minute story on Bernie Mac. Well, okay. Going to the next one. Friend of Bernie Mac, another Bernie Mac. Of course. Friend of Bernie Mac, another Bernie Mac. And I'm going, I'm like, oh my God, it just takes over your entire feed. And that's yes. where the algorithm is really messed up. It doesn't add to your, oh, I'm, I've got all kinds of differing tastes. It's like, oh my God, from here on out, it's all Bernie You're Mac. You're all Bernie it's Mac. All yeah. I want that's is exactly Mac. right. So come on. That's right. Yeah. And I'm, by, by the way, I'm noticing the same thing on YouTube as well. Right. So the, the recommended on YouTube seems to be very recency based. It's um, a big conspiracy. There it is. There it is. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, the, the it's, thing it's I hate the, the most the algorithm is the reaction videos uh, where the guy there's just some guy, some uh, it's like a right wing or left wing dude doesn't matter. And he's just watching a video. And it's so the videos down there and just looking. Yeah, yeah. So that's all you do. They're looking, watching the other video, right? Somewhere, and then they see a little thing in the end, and that's their video. That's right. Oh, that was right on. Oh, I totally right. agree with that. Or, then, or what? the reaction video where they 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 in, they spend five minutes introducing the video that they're going to watch. That's that's the other one that just drives me nuts. It's like, so on this Sunday edition of Fox and Friends, you're going to watch these two hosts go at each other. I think it's really interesting that they go at each other and they argue, and then they're going to argue some more. And then <laughs> and five minutes later, they go, and now let's play the video. And then they play like a 30 second clip of it. So enough so that they don't get flagged or whatever. And then they come back and go, wasn't that crazy? And the headline was, is like, you know, Fox and Friends host gets owned by, you know, it's like, Come on, come on, it's, come on. It's so it's, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway. And that's why nobody knows what's going on because they all have their own feats. Like all that's I right. know about right now is Bernie Mac. I don't yes. know anything else. Don't get any news. All right. So, well, all speaking right. of speaking of Bernie Mac, no, I have nothing with that. Um, <laughs> That'd be great right. if you had a Bernie Mac story lined up. A quick a quick last story here. Let's, let's talk about it because we both have a very quick take on this, but it's just, uh, it, it's just related to everything else we've talked about in the show. Geo Media. Uh, hangs for sale sign across its portfolio. And you probably don't know Geo Media, and this is coming to us courtesy of Adweek, by the way. Um, the company is looking uh, to sell its whole portfolio uh, with the individual properties being sort of, you know, for sale. So what is Geo Media? Well, basically, it's a media company, and it includes Deadspin, Quartz, Kotaku, The Root, The Onion, Gizmodo. So those are all brands that you recognize, right? Initially, you saw a suitor that would acquire the entire stable of brands, according to two sources, but nobody's come forward to buy, uh, leading the company to explore options to sell each of the properties on an individual basis. It has placed a particular emphasis on offloading The Onion, dun, 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 the Onion, which is not profitable, according to two people familiar with its finances. It's fair to say that they're looking to divest, according to a source. I think it speaks to the broader market that there's not that much positivity about the future of publishing. That's illogical, but all right. Anyway, the article goes on to talk a little bit about what's going on there. And just a very quick take. My very quick take is yet another opportunity for brands, just like you were saying with Nike and Adidas, with um, Sports Illustrated. I mean... 
the number of brands that should buy the onion and use it as a content marketing platform is just, you know, I mean, that list is long, but mm -hmm. Gizmodo, oh my gosh, tech brand, you know, um, Quartz as a news brand. I mean, there's, there's so many good brands there from a site perspective and a content perspective that I just, you know, it's anyway. Well, I mean, to that point, how many conversations have you and I had with, with content marketers and say, look, you, you have to be ready with your buy list. Yeah. Like when you come to an opportunity, like, let's say you're on the onion, you're like, oh man, I wish our brand that fits our brand perfectly. That's the audience we want, whatever it is. It's like, you got to write that down. Okay. Well, I, how do I talk to some of the, how do I get partnerships with that organization? How do I know? So that when, before it goes for sale, you already have the in or you're bought, you bought it before this thing happens. So I, I, it's just that most content marketers don't think that way. They don't think like publishers. And that's, of course, we've been talking about it for years, but I wish they would. You need your buy and your sell. Like if you're a content entrepreneur, you have a buy list, you have a sell list. If you're a content marketer, you probably just have a buy list. So write it down. And then once you write it down, you're like, okay, good. I got to get to know those people. Let's do a, let's do a, a project with them. Yeah, Let's do some that's branded right. content thing, whatever you want to call it, right? Just go ahead and do it and see what happens. Is it the right audience? Does it make sense? You have all your questions answers because a lot of these things are coming quickly because we've learned that these roll-up deals, they don't seem to work. There's not as much efficiency as they can get across the, the audience bases, across yeah. the editorial bases and the sales bases, and they're just not working as well as they thought they were going to work. Integration, 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 yeah. and scale. Right. It has to be that, you know, these siloed sort of roll up, just exactly to your point, these roll up deals that are separate. You know, I mean, look, the 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 crossover audience between Gizmodo, Quartz and Onion are probably pretty. Those Venn diagrams are pretty thin. Right. But, yep. you know, if you can think of it in, in, as an integration play, then it, I think you're 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 much better off. And you can see some of the media companies, the larger media companies doing that. Right. We covered last week the tech target uh, uh, acquisition by Informa. And that's, that's a total integration play, right? That's that they're, Absolutely. they're integrating those things together, those businesses together and getting the, you know, the benefit of the synergy of all of those things. Well, Red Bull is another good example. A lot of yeah, people yeah. think that yeah, Red yeah. Bull Media House was all organic. Half of That's those right. brands in there were purchased because they, oh, I want to target this sports enthusiast race car brand in Germany and this one over here, right. whatever. And they made that come together over that the sports enthusiast That's crowd right. and it worked really well. So that kind of, it yeah. can work. It can That's work. exactly right. All right. Fantastic. Well, let's get to our rants and rave section. Before we get to rants and raves, what we want to do is just ask you for a favor, which is we're seeing some fun stuff on our YouTube channel. So go check out the YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you've got questions or if you want to comment on anything or if you want to argue with us or if you just want to say hi, go on over to the YouTube channel. And that's where we're trying to centralize things and, and go, you know, go have a conversation. We're checking it. Um, you got story ideas. We'd love the story ideas on the YouTube channel, do all that kind of stuff and bring us over there, uh, with you, uh, to your favorite YouTube, uh, yep. at this place. old marketing. Yeah. Like on, like if you have a question or comment on this particular show, we'd love to have that conversation with you exactly at this old marketing on YouTube. So we're going to we'll try to, that goes. we're going to, we're going to try to actually make the YouTube comments, not what they have been for most everybody. I'm feeling world, good. So. The last couple, yeah, we've yeah. Got a couple, oh, they've we've been got great. a couple amazing people that are on there that are that are commenting. Yeah. Uh, thank you, amazing people. That's exactly. And, uh, right. We'd like to have more amazing people. That's where they're all amazing. We just they're like to hear all from amazing. you. That's all. We would. We would. All right. We're one um, of the few. One of that's the few true. Podcasters that we actually want 
it's to true talk to our audience. It's true. <laughs> it's actually true. Um, okay, so you're gonna start, yes? Because let me go is, for, yeah, let me go yeah. first. And mine is just quick. Uh, this week, you know, you talked about Mr. Beast on X and testing out video. Mr. Beast's production team has been testing out a lot of video, and for the first time ever, we had a big YouTuber like Mr. Beast actually start creating content on Billy Billy. And if you're not, are you familiar with Billy Billy? Have you heard of this before? I've heard the name, but I don't know Billy Billy. So Billy Billy is like the Chinese YouTube. It's more than that, but just okay. so people have a perspective. And I really, and the only one thing I want to share with people, I think this is really going to start a trend. I think when you have somebody like Mr. Beast would put their flag in the ground and say, we're going to go and we're going to adapt our videos to the Chinese market, huge, huge market. I think one out of every mm. two people in China is on Billy Billy. That's, I mean, billions wow. and billions of people. I think Mr. B sees this opportunity, obviously not good for everyone, but if you are an international company or a global company that you have business in China, it's something to consider now where you, you can't just say, oh, well, we only do social media in the North American market or the European market. I think there's something here. So just watch what Mr. Beast does. I'm sure we'll see, we'll, we'll share it on the show as to what type of results that he sees and his team sees. But I think there's something here. Uh, for the future, as you see, and obviously TikTok has made their play. It's the number one social media site in the world by, by what I would say right now, most influential at least. And I think you've got a lot of other pure play Chinese social media brands over there that uh, a lot of uh, American or North American content creators can can maybe have an opportunity. Well, we'll there. see. So, there yeah, you I mean, I mean, do so with all deliberation though right the caution I mean, absolutely because absolutely. this is not this is not just rented land this is rented foreign land right so it's this is you have to you have know. a goal yeah don't you're not just doing this for fun yeah. you need to have a goal but i thought it was so interesting that somebody like this is going and saying okay we're going because you, you have to adjust your content and by the way if you look i think he he has um mr beast has videos in dozens of different languages already yeah. Uh, and he's right. been proactive about doing that. So it's a really I mean, I I mean, I've said uh, you know, number one media company in the world in the future is going to be Mr. Beast. I really yeah. believe translation and localization is going to become a thing. I mean, it will not be long, I suspect, until we you and me can use a tool to take this show, translate it, localize it automatically and have the podcast available in German or in French or in you know, probably do it already. Chinese. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure you can do it already, but it's probably, I mean, it's going to be get to the point where it's like seamless, right? Yep. Where it's literally, you know, sort of like hit the buttons of the languages that you, you like run to distribute. Through, yeah, actually it would be, I'm, I'm wondering what, where YouTube is at on that just to do that automatically outside of yeah. just annotations. Yeah. 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 Okay. What All right. Got? Uh, fantastic. Okay. I'm got, I'm talking, well, I'm a shock. I know I'm talking about third-party cookies and Google. Um, I'm shocked. So here's the thing. You probably missed it. Um, because there was not a lot of coverage on it. There, there is a, a story that we'll link to in the show notes from wall street journal, um, that talked about this a little bit, but basically starting January 4th, right. You know, the earlier this month, Google has started doing it. Right. They started doing it in terms of restricting access to third party cookies for one percent of the people using the Chrome browser. Now, to put that into perspective, 
So the estimates for Chrome right now are somewhere around 3.2 billion people. I mean, it's the number one by a long shot browser of people. So that's about 32 million people um, or roughly everybody in California um, who now have had their cookie access blocked, basically. So, you know, is this cookie Geddon? Is this, you know, cookie apocalypse? Cookie, you know, cookie Geddon, you know. You know, I came up with a couple of others, right, for my article this week, you know, Doomsday Doe, <laughs> or in the UK, it might be Biscuit Apocalypse. Um, oh anyway, God. I'll stop. Um, so basically, the, the idea here is, is that they're blocking third-party cookies, right? So what does that mean? Well, it means that the advertising you're doing, the cross, you know, so all that stuff that we just talked about in the show, right, the sort of you went into Bernie Mac and now Bernie Mac is everywhere on your, you know, that's all being done by first party cookie. In other words, Facebook goes, ah, you, you did something on Facebook and now it's being brought over into, uh, into your Facebook feed. That is a first party cookie that they're using to personalize quote unquote, the feed for you. So it doesn't get rid of that. What it gets rid of is you going to another site and actually starting to see Bernie Mac ads or Bernie Mac, you know, um, advertising on other publishers where that are using third party cookies to target that advertising to you. And so this is from a programmatic advertising perspective, this is this is just yet another shot across the bow of, of, of programmatic advertising going away uh, in so many different ways. There has been little progress made on alternatives to this, by the way, everything from Google's ID to the playground to all these things that they're trying to do to get some sort of replacement for it. And there's not a lot of standards that are that are getting bandied about right now. But the point being is that the focus on first party data, if you're a marketer and I don't care how big you are, if you've got one you know, one person in your marketing department, you are the marketing department or if you've got a thousand people if you are not wholly focused on how to harness your first party data across all of the different platforms that you have, whether it's your email newsletter, plus your website, plus your, you know, to some extent, your social media to, you know, to pulling in all your owned media properties and harnessing that first party data in a way that will enable you to do things like personalization and targeting and those kinds of things when you need to it will be a bad day indeed. And so, you know, the, the articles as you read them right now on this are all like, Ooh, marketers are freaking out. Well, okay. You should have been freaking out for the last, you know, this is, this is, this is your wake <laughs> the F up moment, right? This is yeah. the, this is the, you know, it, it has, it has been happening for years. I've been talking about it obviously for years and it's time to actually do something about it. And get that first party data harnessed. You know, I've been doing it for my little business is sort of, you know, connecting into my, you know, very small little CRM system, our email newsletter list, plus our, you know, plus what we're getting in terms of registrations and all those kinds of things, not with trying to be spammy, but literally trying to understand our audience better and to say, and to use this first party data to say, you're going to get what you should get, the most value that I can provide to you, the most targeted value is my goal. And if I know more about you than I can, and that makes me feel less spammy, it makes me feel less, uh, you know, less uh, sort of creepy, um, and hopefully it helps me deliver more value to my audience. And so it's just a, it's just a great wake up call. And so, yeah, use it as a business case to your boss. It's a good reminder. Yeah, I think that, yeah. uh, like all things, it's change and change yep. is difficult. And that's the that's the problem. 
It's just we're yeah, not it's going to start coming fast and furious now. It's yeah. going to start, you know, I mean, people forget that Safari's had it for a while. Firefox has had it for a while. Apple's been doing this for some time, blocking, you know, across all of some of the apps. Um, and as Google starts to actually do this, you know, I can tell you for sure, Google's not doing this in a vacuum, right? Google's not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They are going to be doing this with the idea that if they can keep you in the eco the Google ecosystem, that is all the better, right? So again, it doesn't solve the Bernie Mac problem on YouTube and across, you know, Facebook, because those companies get that the first party data is incredibly important to target content, relevant or irrelevant to you. What it matters is, is that across the ecosystem, and that as a marketer is your, you know, your opportunity is to get your ecosystem in order so that your first party data is yours. Amen. Yeah. I feel like I'm at church. I'm there a marketing is. church. There it is. And there I get free is. cookies in my marketing church. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's as it crumbles. Oh. Oh, no. There's so many puns. There's, there's so many there's puns. There's a lot of, yeah. There's so it's, many it's puns. So what do you so, got going on uh, for the week? I got the webinar later today, which we're oh, really excited about. And hopefully... Um, will be valuable for those audiences. And then uh, this week is more work and work and work and and um, starting to get some stuff together for CEX. And yeah, just it's all it's all it's all good. Very good. Yeah. So How about you? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the CEX announcement announcement was big because we really wanted BJ Novak. So that that I mean, the approvals of that and all the things you have to go through to make those things happen, as you know, take a lot of time. So that's yeah, very exciting and we're starting yeah. to see, we're really starting yeah. to see registrations come in so i'm excited you know put all the work in we should have a good crowd and the only thing, only thing we got to make sure is the renaissance in cleveland is doing they they're on the tail end of doing their full update to renovating the entire Ooh. thing it's it's one of the oldest buildings in cleveland and it is looking gorgeous and they i, I get think the they're gold, going they're, to be all done they're getting ready so. the gold lame hopefully yes oh <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's funny is it's the it was the Marriott Renaissance, and they're renaming it to the Hotel Cleveland, which was the original name for the hotel back in eighteen ninety something. So it's if you like history, and but it's still a Marriott, it's still a Marriott Renaissance. It's a great, it's a great hotel. It's a it's, great hotel. It's just it's it was just it's always been a little too much gold lame and yeah, rope they're, and, they're you know they're, oil work, they're working on. And, I think yeah. I think you will approve. I think just from a marketing perspective, what's interesting is that you have the the Marriotts and the Hiltons of the world that are taking these hotels, these yeah. very unique and they're they're not naming them, you know, Hilt Hilton no. Garden Inn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's they're... it's a different name. And I just stayed at a a Marriott that's renaming to the Landy. I'm like okay. micro branding. Yeah. Micro branding, you right? know, localized local micro branding. It's great. It's, yep. it's, I'm telling you, lean into brand. It's what the lean kids are doing. Brand. Lean into brand. <laughs> there you, you know. go. There you go. All right. Well, folks, we're going to micro brand our way right out of here and we'll see you next week because, yeah, that's the way it is. Remember us to go uh, hype us up on YouTube and, and, and all of that and go check out the video and all that fun stuff. And until we see you next week, just remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.